Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Senator Ted Cruz tweets out, abolish the IRS. But we're not really applauding that. We should be applauding that in every single way. And the response from Representative Ocasio-Cortez says, Notice how Republicans are frothing at the mouth to abolish the few enforcement mechanisms that target large-scale tax evasion and neo-Nazi groups. In one of his earlier acts, Trump also defunded operations countering right-wing violent extremist groups. Tells you a lot. Oh, holy hell. When I tell you she's lost it, she's gone full cougar. And I'm not talking about, like, younger men. I'm talking about Top Gun. She's holding on too tight. She's lost the edge. This is embarrassing. Equally as embarrassing are all the people who tell you you're not allowed to ask questions about what happened to Paul Pelosi. Of course you're allowed to ask questions about what happened to Paul Pelosi. Was he attacked, as has been described? Is it indeed more nefarious than that? You must understand that the reporting sent itself into a lot of directions. The reporting is not cut and dry. A man invaded the Pelosi home and attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer. I mean, there's more than that. Based on the reporting, there's more than that, which is why you wait. It's why you wait for information to come out. It's why you wait for investigations. The problem is, is that Hillary Clinton didn't wait to attack Republicans. Oh, this is just like January 6th. They have they have made uh, violence standardized. What? Steve Scalise got shot and almost killed by a Bernie bro. Rand Paul, the senator, got attacked by his neighbor and people cheered it. Paul Pelosi got attacked. He was in his home. There are so many questions about this story. It is hard to know where to start. Uh, I'll give you a, a place. How in the hell does anybody break into the Speaker of the House's home? Paul Pelosi is the husband of Speaker Nancy Pelosi. How does this happen? How does this happen? What kind of security do we have over there? Why has nobody suggested firing of Capitol Police officers? Not by the ones and twos, by the hundreds. You can't keep the Capitol safe. You can't keep the uh, the, the Speaker of the House's home safe. Fire everybody. Start fresh. You'll notice that's not even being discussed. Why not? This violation cannot stand. We're talking about the nation here. We're talking about, would you call her second in line or third in line? Because the president's already the president. So first in line would be the vice president, but we often say that's second in line. And then so therefore she'd be the third in line. Speaker of the House is third in line. I want more security, damn it. And I want to know who's at fault for this. And I want them fired. I want them to lose their pension. But then there's this whole idea that they were fighting over a hammer when police arrived. Police arrived because there was a call from Paul Pelosi. 
Some reports say in the phone call, he referred to the intruder, this guy who is based on the reports, wackadoo. Paul Pelosi referred to him in a phone call as a friend. Or was that his actual phone call? Then there were the reports that somebody else opened the door for police, and that's when the police came in and saw the fight and subdued the attacker. Well, now they're saying there was no other friend. San Francisco police saying there, there, there was nobody else in, in the home. Well, then how did it come out that there was somebody else in the home? This guy came to attack Paul Pelosi, but Paul Pelosi was able to go to the bathroom, make a call from the bathroom. Is that where his phone was? And then went back out to deal with the guy. He didn't just stay in the bathroom, locked in the bathroom. Hey, someone's trying to kill me. Could use a little help here. The story is super, super weird. Super weird. And it's okay to note. It's okay to notice. What the left wants to tell you is saying anything other than what they decide is attack, is is the story, is an attack on, on democracy. This is all they know how to say. Yet Ben Collins almost breaking down in tears talking about this. This is what leads to tyranny. Dude, I don't want people being attacked. I don't want them being attacked in their homes if they're married to public officials. I don't want them being attacked in businesses via flash mobs. I don't want them being attacked via a Chaz Chop in an autonomous zone where they forcibly keep police out. I don't want them being attacked because they happen to be Jewish in the streets of New York. I don't want them attacked. And I have been worried about violence in this election for months. You've heard me talk about it. But goodness gracious, if you mention some of the weird things about this story, you're part of the violence? No. No, I'm not. And neither are they and neither are you. The people who told us, Russia, 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 no need to investigate. It is, and Trump is guilty of collusion. They were all wrong. No, 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 no. Hunter Biden laptop, nothing more than Russian misinformation. All the hallmarks, no need to pay attention. They were wrong. I'm not listening to these people. I refuse to listen to these people. These people want to think they're in charge. The people want to think that they're smart and bright and good and decent. And they are the arbiters. They are not the arbiters. This Paul Pelosi story is flat out weird. I'll happily wait for an investigation. But I'm not going to say that it's cut and dry. It's not. That's the honest answer. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. I think it's time to let go. So while people are, are all over this New York Times-Siena poll, this is, oh, look, Democrats are ahead in Pennsylvania and Georgia and Arizona. Oh, yeah, it's not going to be a, a, a red wave whatsoever. Atlanta Journal-Constitution says the Senate race, Senate race is a deadlock. There's some real questions about the CBS YouGov poll and how they got uh, to their numbers. There is uh, the generic congressional ballot that shows Republicans ahead in Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. 
I mean, everywhere you look, you're seeing this this level of of movement. And then you've got some races that I never considered to be races where all of a sudden I got to be like, wait a second. One of those is Colorado. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Guys, so good to be with you. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. We have um, the Indiana State Police Superintendent, Doug Carter, scheduled to be with us. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, you're going to want to tune in for that, talking about the charges in the Delphi murder case. And uh, clearly, we're not going to be getting specific details, but we're going to at least uh, maybe get a better understanding of, of what comes next and where the, the relief is and, and where this family is. I'll talk to Superintendent Doug Carter coming up in a bit. This was a debate between Michael Bennett, the current senator from Colorado, the incumbent Democrat, and a a guy by the name of Joe O'Day, who uh, is in the construction business and has made quite a career for himself. And I put zero into O'Day's campaign, just because I just didn't think that there was enough name ID, there was enough anything else to really kind of move that, that race along. I just I just didn't see it, you know. On the on the on the governor's side, uh, you've got Polis, uh, the current uh, governor, um, ahead by seventeen or fifteen or whatever. You know, it changes in in those ranges, in those big double digits. Trafalgar Group has him up by eight. Eight's a pretty hard number to overcome. And since I don't hear much about that governor's race, I'm not putting too much into it. Certainly anything is possible. But that Colorado Senate race has been lately really interesting. And I will admit, I hadn't been giving it much thought. And people have been talking about it. I'm like, I think you're out of your heads. And then I caught this in their debate. Michael Bennett trying to go after Joe O'Day. Listen. My question back to Mr. O'Day. Joe, after you know that your, your, your assertion that I've only passed one bill in the time that I've been in the Senate, you've said it over and over again. It's been fact-checked as false over and over again. It's not You're false. running a TV it, ad saying it over and over again. You passed Why one you, standalone bill. Let him ask the question. Why do you keep... I, tell me what that means to you. Well, it just goes to your effectiveness. You're no, but you've been, what you you're said, ineffective. Let's hear an you, what, I I gave you the answer. You're ineffective. Okay, look, you're a liar, we've lost Joe. In, you're a liar, I, Joe. Yeah, you're a liar, Joe. That's not true. You're lying. I'm about telling my the record. truth. I'm you're, telling the truth. I'm, you didn't get Space Command. You're not telling. You've the let truth. BLM leave Grand Junction. That's not true, Joe. You helped your president with a war on energy. That's which not is, true, Joe. Yes, it is. That's it's all true. true. You stood right by him, ninety-eight percent of the time. I think no, we've. I think we've. No, you might want to check your stocks. Because the Q and A stays my favorite that, part of this debate. Thank you very much, both. Now, any lawyer worth his salt or her salt, uh, uh, I'm equal opportunity, would remind you that you never ask a question that what you don't know the answer to. And if you're going to go on the offensive, Senator Bennett, you actually have to stay there. 
I've got these. I've got this question for you, and Joe O'Day beat you about the head and neck with the answer. I mean, he beat you up. He beat you up fast, aggressively. You sound sputtering. You sound lost. You sound confused. You're not sure how you're going to respond. He called you ineffective four times. And you don't respond with your record. You respond with calling him a liar. He came with data points. And your response is, well, you're a liar? I'm not saying it's going to make a definitive difference in Colorado. I am saying that as if I, if I was somebody on the fence... That would make me think Michael Bennett is a super, super weak guy. Good Lord. O'Day wasn't even rude about it. I mean, his voice went up a little bit, like with a bit of incredulousness. But that was it. Wow. I'm sorry, am I the only one who listens to that and goes, dude, Bennett just got his face rearranged in in a debate. Whole face totally rearranged in a debate. I thought that was something else. There is something else going on. It's a series of tweets from a guy by the name of Lee Fang, who's over there at The Intercept. He's a journalist. Now, I will tell you, The Intercept, Glenn Greenwald, I don't always agree with what they put out. I don't always agree uh, with Glenn's uh, politics. Uh, more often than not, I don't. And remember, he was removed from The Intercept, the thing that he created. According to The Intercept, leaked documents outline the Department of Homeland Security's plans to police disinformation. Docs showing Facebook and Twitter closely collaborating with the Department of Homeland Security, FBI, to police disinformation. Plans to expand censorship on topics like withdrawal from Afghanistan, origins of COVID, information that undermines trust in financial institutions. If the federal government, as we know they have been, has been working to keep you from having conversations that you want to have, then we need to completely dismantle these institutions. No, they can't be trusted. Yet there are multiple people on the political left who are totally fine with keeping other people from speaking out, you know, for the good of society. Fang notes that FBI agent Laura Demlo was in communications with Facebook that led to the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020 over the false allegation that it was disinformation. We know this to be fact. But she met with Twitter and the Department of Homeland Security to talk about the need for a media infrastructure that is held accountable. And there are tweets. Uh, Not tweets, texts. A Microsoft executive had texted that platforms have got to get comfortable with government. Disappointed that more platforms, including us, didn't offer more. We'll get there and that kind of leadership really helps. Platforms have got to get more comfortable with government 
it's really interesting how hesitant they remain. Again, Microsoft included. Now, I will state to you that I still believe that a platform can have rules. But a platform that is being engaged by the federal government loses all sorts of credibility and loses their ability to monitor or or silence anyone because the federal government has no right to do so. Once the private company or even public company is in coordination, nay, cahoots with the federal government, they lose that privilege. They are not some private entity doing what they think is best. They are working at the behest of the federal government or worse, under threat of the federal government. And therefore, their rights go away. And our rights are become far more important. This administration believes that through government, they can coerce uh, big tech to doing their bidding. This is the actual definition of fascism. I dare a progressive in the sound of my voice to try and challenge me on that. Come on. Try me. You know I've got it. You know that it's true. You know it can't be denied. Oh, don't worry. They'll, they'll deny, but they just won't challenge. They'll deny, but they just won't challenge. You know, you understand. The most amazing part about this story as it is starting to break, and we'll see certainly where it goes from there, is that if it's happening, you're not even surprised. You are not surprised that government is pushing tech to do this. You're not surprised that the government is working with a Google or a Twitter or a Facebook. Of course you're not. You've known this has been going on for years, well over a decade. You expected it. You expected it. You suspected it, and then you expected it. So when you ask us to trust the DOJ, to trust the FBI, no. Trust the IRS? Absolutely not. An IRS that worked aggressively to keep Tea Party groups from getting their tax-exempt status? Absolutely not. I won't be trusting them. My suggestion is you don't trust them either. We've got more on the arrest in the case of Abby Williams and Libby German. Doug Carter, superintendent of the Indiana State Police, joins us next. What else can we learn? How high are the emotions running? And when will we have the information? Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. conference that took place today about the arrest in the murder investigation of 13-year-old Abby Williams, 14-year-old Libby German in Delphi. As we've discussed, a sigh of relief for many. 
but we have been a little short on details. There are reasons for these things. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. While there was definitely plenty of emotion, there is more of the story uh, to tell. Doug Carter joins us right now, superintendent of the Indiana State Police. And I understand, sir, and I first of all appreciate you being with us. You had the press conference uh, just a few hours ago, and now you're you're with us. I can appreciate that there are things from the investiga- investigation you, you cannot share. Uh, but I think the the question before many Hoosiers and, and many people across the country have been following this story. A 50-year-old Delphi resident has been arrested, even the family of, of uh, those involved, saying this is somebody who actually printed out photos of the kids for the funeral and now is a suspect. That's from them, as, as social media reports it, sir. Not you, not your office. Social media why is it that so much information was so convoluted over the last five years of the investigation to the public, and why is it so little information can be given out now? Well, Tony, first, it's good to be it's good to be with you. I'm glad we got a, a decent signal here. Uh, but 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 first of all, um, the complexity of this case over the last nearly six years uh, is really extraordinary. So, any notion that we're going to debate it publicly. And to talk, to talk about what we know right now uh, would be reckless on our part, and, the, and our citizens shouldn't allow that to happen. I recognize that there are a lot of questions, but now that this this case has been presented to a judge and Richard Allen has been arrested for, for murder times two, it changes. Everything changes for us now. So, I, again, like I said in the news conference, I recognize that there are a lot of questions, um, but it would be reckless of us to start addressing of those issues now. I can't wait to one day tell the story, but it's, it's going to come in a court of law, not not now. Is, you, you mentioned, and it got mentioned uh, repeatedly, that tip lines are still open. This is still an active investigation. Are, are Is there an ongoing look for an accomplice, somebody else? Is that the reason it's open, or is this a standard operating procedure that a tip line and an investigation would stay open until trial? Well, I, I can't remember a case in a nearly 40-year career where we have over 70,000 tips. So there's still a lot of uh, there's still a lot of information that we have to go through page by page, and we want the community and our citizens, particularly in the Delphi community, now that we've narrowed it down to that respective geographical place, to 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 talk to us about, talk to us about what they think, and then we'll we'll, we'll make the determination as to whether or not it, it's connected to this to this complicated homicide case. Talking to Doug Carter, superintendent of the Indiana State Police. Let's bring it to the the other side of this, which is uh, the level of emotional. Uh, before we get into to you and 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 your coworkers, uh, your your colleagues, uh, the family of Abby Williams, the family of of Limmy German. To to what can you share with us? What that moment was like on Friday when you informed them that there was an arrest in this case. You know, they're a, they're a special group of people, Tony. And um, I'll keep the conversations that we've had both on Friday and then over the weekend and today private. But um, n- not, nobody's jumping up and down in, in a celebratory way. Um, it's, it's been a very, very subtle, very humble, um, peaceful, peaceful feeling. I think that, that, that Mike and Becky and Kelsey and Anna feel that same way. So trying to process all this is almost impossible right now. 
but it's my hope that that just maybe the Delphi community, um, they won't have to turn so far around everywhere they go now that they can start to heal and find a little bit of peace. For yourself, for the other officers involved, whether it be uh, at Indiana State Police, uh, Cow County Sheriff's Office, the Cow County Prosecutor's uh, Office, um, at what level has the emotion been? Because I've known you a little while, and 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 I saw you at the press conference, and uh, both you and 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 the sheriff seem to be uh, with, with a level of exhale on this. Uh, walk walk me through what the past seventy two hours have been like. Yeah, well, I, Tony. First of all, it's been uh, you know perpetual pressure for the last nearly six years, and that's okay. That's what again what our community should do. Um, and then they should continue to press us and push us to continue to working towards an end here. So I welcome that criticism and I welcome, uh, you know, the, all the questions that come our way. That's okay. But it's, I think it's taken its toll on everybody, but most importantly on the front line, guys and gals, you're right from the sheriff's office, the city of Delphi, and literally hundreds of other police agencies from around the state and the nation that have participated with us in some way to include the FBI, the U.S. Marshal Service, the list can go on and on and on. Um, but I, in, from my opinion and my view, it's been a, the epitome of, of, of an example of service before self, because there was never a day that they never a day that they that they thought we need to stop doing this, never a day. And I'm I'm just so proud to be able to represent our profession and the people who've been working on this, um, and it's just a wonderful culmination to my career. I'm just I'm really really proud of them. So you have the the arrest, uh, two charges of murder, um, in in this case, and this is not the person who was already uh, being uh, detained. Uh, th- this guy who um, was involved with creating the Facebook account, the fake account utilizing the name Anthony Schatz, that's a completely different person. Are we expecting charges against him anytime soon? Well, I'm not going to talk about the roadmap as we move forward. Um, and, again, I'm not going to speculate about what that connectivity might be, whether it is or it isn't. But that's we still have a lot of work to do, Tony. And um, now's not the time to speculate about what that connection might be. Let's then not speculate and discuss the suspect that you have without specifics that I know you won't give. Um, innocent until proven guilty is something that I'm absolutely in favor of at, at all times. It's the hallmark of, of the Republic. Um, would you argue uh, that you feel that you've uh, provided prosecutors uh, the the evidence to create a strong case here? Well, I wouldn't argue that we did. I would say that we did because the judge signed the the probable cause affidavit of the work of a lot of a lot of of a lot of people. So once that signature occurred, then as you know, Tony, it changes for us and what we can and can't talk about. But I'm very confident in the probable cause uh, and I'm very confident with where we are in regards to Richard Allen right now. When can we, the people, expect more information on this case? Because you understand, and if you don't, I'm, I don't think I'm the, I cannot be the first person to say this to you, sir. Um, the the watching over this over the last five years, how the sketches changed and they didn't match up at all. How the the audio uh, came out, and yet it was the only audio that that was shared. This has been, uh, while it has been frustrating for you as somebody engaged in the investigation. As the we the people, this has been extremely awkward, extremely uh, uh, strange. 
and and the lack of information has been frustrating. Um, when can we expect, honestly expect, more information about this case? Yeah. So everything we've done has been for the people, Tony. And and again, I um, you know I I stand strong in, in in front of these guys and gals that have done this work because we can't be the ones to talk about what we think. And I mentioned that in the press conference this morning. It's easy for everybody else to be able to do that, but we will never, nor should our citizens allow us to talk about that. So with that being said, this process of sealing that probable cause affidavit will not be in perpetuity. It will, I do not anticipate it being sealed until trial, as an example. So once the determination is made by the court and by the prosecutor of Carroll County, when that PC can be released, it absolutely will. We've got nothing to hide, and I can't wait for one day to be able to tell the story. But unfortunately, that story can't be told today. Doug Carter, superintendent of the Indiana State Police, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us and share what you can. Appreciate you, sir, and uh, only hope uh, this, uh, this trial moves speedily and gives these families some level of closure. Sir, thank you so much. We have got more. I'm Tony Katz. It's a billion-dollar Powerball, people. I mean, at a billion dollars, you have to question whether you come back to work, right? Well, it's a billion, and then uh, the the you take the you take the payout, right? You don't you don't you take the cash, the lump sum. You don't take the payout. You don't take the you know the yearly kind of thing. That's that's crazy talk. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today you you take the money. So let's say it was six hundred fifty million, probably that the payout is 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 that it? And then, and then from there, from there, you uh, got to pay the taxes. And so let's let's just call it for the sake of the argument half. So you end up with three hundred twenty-five million dollars. It's not Elon Musk money. By the way, I'm wrong. According to this, the cash payout. On a billion is only four hundred ninety-seven million. Half? You lose half? Is that right? That's not right. That can't be. So you have two hundred fifty million dollars. So two hundred fifty million dollars. By the way, if you told me I could have two hundred fifty million dollars guaranteed now, or a billion dollars over twenty-nine years. Or, or, or whatever it is, I'll take the $250 million now and take my chances, even in this market with the investing. But $250 million, I got to assume at that moment, you're like, I'm done here. I'm, 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 I'm good. But like, I dig what I do. So, you know, do you just keep doing it and figure uh, it doesn't matter? What? Let let them find you. Let them yell at you until they fire you. You're just gonna you're just gonna go out a blaze of glory. Maybe, 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 possibly. Uh, but I I think I think I want to keep doing it if only so I can discuss uh, the Jewish supremacy in America. Yo, you know all about the Jewish supremacy in in America. Of course you do. It's everywhere. It's huge. It's it's bigger than life. Jews of the 
It was the University of Florida, Georgia game, where people were displaying these signs. Kanye is right about the Jews. Oh, damn. Jews own the media. Jews are trying to silence me. I'm going to go DEFCON, not DEFCON. DEFCON 3 on the Jews. And now you've you've got this game and the, the people are, are displaying this message at the game. Georgia and Florida officials like, oh, damn. No one's even paying attention to the game. We're going to be talking about this all week. I don't need that in my life. Well, sabotage right there. Um, is anti-Semitism on the rise? Well, the answer is yes. And there were uh, signs put up at an overpass uh, near Jacksonville. Um, uh, end Jewish supremacy in America. Honk if you know it's the Jews. Um, I'm not sure. Honk if you know if the Jews... What? What exactly are we honking about? The Inquisition. Let's begin the Inquisition. Look out, Sam. We have a mission to convert the Jews. I mock. I laugh. Is it a serious subject? Of course it is. You want the serious subject? All of this stuff is why I'm armed. This is why I carry a firearm. I am still stunned and shocked and dismayed and in many ways disgusted by Jews who don't. People can make uh, choices, of course. And maybe it's not those people that I am disgusted by. It's those people who say, you can't, you shouldn't, not in this synagogue. We're a gun-free zone. You are a sitting target. Grow up. Our rabbi doesn't believe in such things. Then your rabbi doesn't believe in survival. Maybe it's time for a new rabbi. What's the matter? You can't find somebody else named Cohen to lead the prayers? I am a very direct man with my fellow Jews, exhausted by their nonsense. Tired of those flablungeon in cup. There are people out there who hate Jews, and it's not going to change, and no hashtag is going to change it, and no a little uh, rally is going to change it. They don't like you. These things are with us. And while you engage conversation, you engage what people would call education in discussing these things, you have to teach your kids to be resilient and be able to handle what comes at them in high school and the college level. And you have to be prepared to protect and defend yourself and go home alive. Because if we're going to argue that this kind of talk gins things up, we're already seeing the violence against Jews in New York and other places. But it's, it's good to know that some people are only bothered by it when it affects them. And then there's the whole thing about uh, the uh, Brooklyn Nets player Kyrie Irving who's uh, talking about how people should see this this movie um, uh, called, you know, Wake Up Black America, Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America. Um, I, had, I knew nothing about the movie. Supposedly it's filled with anti-Semitic disinformation. It's based on a book from 2015 by the same name. So I, I didn't know the, 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 the book. And people are weighing in and saying, this is wrong, and how dare he, the owner of the team. And he's like, hey, don't, don't you put pressure on me. It's Kyrie Irving. 
Um, Kanye, Kyrie, they're just part of a, of a larger thing about anti-Semitism, about bigotry. It's what they are. Is it bigger now than it has been? I don't know. Certainly a lot more talk and a lot more prominent. Is it a problem? It always has been. Should you protect yourself every day? I'm Tony Katz.